The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Elaine Burke and Joe Shea with us for our weekly TV and streaming. There will be no mention allowed of Succession. Still have to see it tonight, the final episode. So we don't want any spoilers whatsoever. So we're not going to take any chance. And if Elaine and Joe, you even try to go there, there will be consequences. Let's talk, first of all, though, about <coughs> Philip Schofield. Uh, Elaine, is his TV career over? Not that many people over here might care. Uh, well, he has fully resigned out of ITV and has been dropped by his agents, so doesn't look great. And as of this morning, issued a statement that was um, like probably burning any more bridges he has left, saying that a handful of people with a grudge against him or the show uh, are speaking with the loudest voices and assuring that there was no toxicity on the show. Other reports say that there is a bad culture at this morning, some sort of a bad culture at ITV. Uh, it, it doesn't seem to be that this is anyway contained to Philip Schofield and anything that was happening in with him but there's people now commenting on the culture on this morning the culture at ITV in general so it just this story is now beyond him I think It's a bit like a British version of the fictional The Morning Show on Apple TV isn't it? Oh it's not as entertaining as that though I have to say (laughs) (laughs) Joe just explain what people Um, What he has done, which has so upset people, particularly his agents who decided to drop him like a hot snot. Well, the central thing that he's that he's done that's really, really got people angry at him, ITV and his agents, is that basically ITV, uh, about three or four years ago, went to him and said, Philip, there are rumours that you're having an affair with a much younger man working on the show that actually you brought into the show. And he categorically denied it. And so did the man. The, the young man himself. So with everything that's come to a head recently, and especially with his br- brother's very high pole, horrific case where he's da- jailed for 12 years for child abuse, with the fallout in the, that's caused the relationship with Holly Willoughby, it just, it, it, he just became too toxic for ITV. And I think ITV saw him as well as having basically lied to them and let them hang out there. It's, it was kind of obvious when, you know, that when he actually left the show, the most lukewarm or even cursory kind of, well, he's gone and now we move. Attempt at any sort of tribute or anything like that. And that told everybody right away if they needed telling <laughs> that it was over. It's over for him and it's definitely over for him with ITV. But there's a couple of things here, Elaine, which I think are, well, disquieting, shall we say, to put it mildly. First of all is the fact that it seems that he may have groomed this young man before he was an adult. Uh, no, that's a degree of speculation. It's said that the relationship only began as an adult, but he certainly knew him, the boy, when he was aged 15. And maybe as well, what I think maybe a lot of people are completely annoyed by is the fact that he came out as gay on the programme in 2020 gaining an enormous degree of sympathy for his alleged honesty in relation to it. But it now looks like it was a cover for what was really going on and what he didn't want to come out. Yeah, I think uh, there's there's so many layers to this story and it probably does come back to things that we may never be privy to. And it's things that maybe were being threatened to Philip Schofield to being revealed and then he was put under pressure but still only wanted to give so much of the story out there. And uh, I think... This is also calling back to like Eamon Holmes has been criticising him for uh, being finally caught out and uh, 
of having deceived people for years and hasn't been really been clear on what exactly he's talking about there. So there's definitely just I think there's still more to this story and some of it I don't know if we'll ever know. And and, and certainly it has been said that he had he did know that um, this person who worked on the show that he had a relationship with he knew him as a teenager um, and, and he would have been in a, still in his relationship with his wife at the time that this affair began as well so th- there's a lot of uh, controversy in this whole situation uh, he has said it was unwise but not illegal as a relationship I mean even having to make that as a statement just yeah. doesn't have great optics Okay, well, let's move on to other things. The Late Late Show finished for Ryan Tuberty last Friday night. I've just got the figures and the viewership figures. Almost 700,000 people watched his final show, which compares with 996,000 who watched Pat Kenny's last show and 1.2 million who watched Gay Burns' last show, which, Joe, is not any uh, disservice, I think, or uh, disgrace to Ryan Tuberty. It's just a sign that the Late Late Show no longer is part of people's Friday nights in the way that it once was. Exactly. And it, it, it just does really underline all of that, you know, because... Obviously, a lot of people had, you know, a lot of affection for Antobody. Most people did think he did a really good job while he was in the show. But you just don't get those sort of figures. Even this, like after 12, 14 years, 12 I think, years of presenting the, the Late Late Show, you would have thought that you know, the whole of Ireland would have been tuning in. But even if you just looked at social media on Friday night, that wasn't the case. And again, nothing to do really with the popularity or otherwise of Antobody. It's just we just don't gather together anymore for these kind of events. And also people kind of knew very, very well what was coming up on the show before it even happened. I mean, it was well-trailed to all the guests were going to be. And I think that was another kind of turn-off for people as well because they kind of knew what was going to happen. Why would I bother watching? What did you think, Elaine? I think a lot of people who haven't seen it have only just seen little bits and pieces on social media or have heard of what other people thought of what they were watching. Yeah, and it doesn't. It wasn't the big hoo ha that maybe people who tuned in might have been expecting. So you'd expect um, some really high profile guests on for the send off, and there was really high profile send offs, but they weren't there on for the show. There was some pre recorded uh, video from Sir Sharonin, from Paul McCartney, um, even though the Edge and Bono gave him a gift, as they have done for previous Late Late Show presenters, they weren't there to give it to him. And it was PJ Gallagher who rode on on a Vespa. Uh, not quite a Harley Davidson, but uh, maybe a Vespa suits Ryan a bit better. Uh, and not, not quite you too. no offence to PJ either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think um, it just exactly, didn't quite have yeah. that star power, really. Yes. Well, Joe? The people, it's, it's crazy because I would have expected wall-to-wall absolute blanket coverage, but there wasn't really, and it's almost as if people had come to terms with it already, that he had announced it months ago. Then we had the whole brouhaha about who's going to replace him. It's almost as if people are moving on already. I mean, most of the, the, the speculation coverage actually on Sunday in the, in the paper, a lot of it was about Patrick Keelty. How much is he going to get paid? Will he be living in Ireland? How is he going to manage coming over and, and, and back? All that kind of stuff. There was a report in Irish Times that the, the company to pay him has already been set up by Keelty in, in Ireland, you know, to facilitate his payment from RT. So it feels like, you know, people were kind of like moving on. And, and and the country has kind of moved on already. Okay, what about Love Island, Elaine? Are you looking forward to that? No. <laughs> Unless they bring Maura Higgins back. She's the only thing I've ever watched on Love Island and I'd watch her do anything. <laughs> but unfortunately... But there, there will be an Irish interest again this time. 
there will there be an Irish contestant there has been an Irish contestant for a good few seasons and a, a mix of Irish contestants some have fared better than others um, but the latest is 22 year old Catherine Agbaje uh, she's a Dubliner and uh, seems very fitted to Love Island she says she's sunny looking for love um, she looks good in a bikini you know <laughs> she spits the show and apparently there's a public vote on this. I just excuse my ignorance, but I thought there was always a public vote, wasn't there? They seem to be flagging it as a first time for this, but yeah, the fans can vote in pairings before the launch. And that, I believe, is the second time that, around that this has happened. It's the first time it's happening with Maya Jama hosting the summer season. So I suppose maybe that's a bit different in the mix. Um, but that's why they're revealing who the contestants are now. So that's... Uh, going to be born out and then the fans can choose who they think matches with who maybe they're teasing up possibly maybe more fan voting and fan involvement this time um, but I, I think they do need to do something different because I do think interest from from what I'm hearing from people who've loved the show for years is waning a little bit and the glossiness has kind of fallen off so maybe there are going to be some new uh, tactics this year Okay, pick of the week Joe, what are you going for? Um, it's been well trailed, but I think this is a fascinating character and, and also one that's kind of slipped out of our consciousness in a, in a big way. Kevin Moran, you know, two All-Irelands by the age of 21, an amazing career in England with Manchester United, a, a fantastic, went late in his career, went to Spain, and an incredible guy. And then, you know, went kind of went away from her. He, he set up a sports agency, and he, but he hasn't really been very visible ever since. Now, this is, it's a one-off documentary on RT1 tonight, 9.35pm after the news. It's looking at his life, and I think it's going to be a fascinating look at a very complex character, a man who flies below the radar, and a true legend, and one of the most incredible stories ever in Irish sport. Yeah, World Cup competitor in 1990, having won his All-Irelands with Dublin. And what's your pick, Elaine? I'm going to go with The Gallows Pole, which is a three-parter starting on Wednesday uh, on BBC Two. It's from writer-director Shane Meadows, who gave us the This Is England film and then the subsequent TV uh, series and The Virtues, also starring Stephen Graham. He does amazing kind of gritty realism and he's doing his first period drama. So this is a story set in the 18th century England about these gold coin counterfeiters. And you'll have some familiar cast members because Shane Meadows likes to work with his favourites. But he's also really good at picking first-time actors. So there could be some Rising stars in this as well. It, I'm really looking forward to. Could have some folk horror vibes, ju- judging by some of the trailer. So it's an interesting departure for Shane Meadows as well. Thank you very much, Elaine Burke, Joe Shape. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from four thirty. Today-